Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So in the beginning, what we discovered as we walk through the creation stories is that one of the main reasons for why God created all of this, or in particular, one of the reasons why God created us is because what God wants most is relationship. And then even when we chose to walk away from God, which is what happened during the fall, the Adam and Eve story, we find this God, instead of turning his back and walking away from us, actually coming up with a long-term plan to get us back, which begins with Abraham and his descendants, the Israelites, where God chooses to develop and cultivate a relationship with his people through the tabernacle and the temple and also the law. A plan that is then taken to the next level as we move out of the Old Testament into the New Testament when God decides to step down out of his existence and become one of us so that we can know him face to face in the life of Jesus. A life that God then gives on the cross to not only show us his unwavering desire to be with us, but it was also a life that was given to make a way home for every single person who has ever lived. Which means all we have to do to live in relationship with this God who has been chasing after us since the creation of the world, since the moment we were born, is to accept this gift of grace, mercy, and love. By crying out wherever we are, whenever we are, God, forgive and save me. Jesus, save me. I want to know you. But even with all of that, even though that is just one of the most amazing things you will ever hear, or even given that God in his quest to be with us became a human being and gave his life to save us, we're still not getting We're still not done getting into what it is that this God is willing to do to live in relationship with his people. Because what happens after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is that God, in a sense, moves out of of flesh and blood of just one human being and decides to move into the life of every human being. Or like last week, we talked about how God moved out of the brick and mortar of the temple and into the flesh and blood of Jesus we now find God moving out of the flesh and blood of just one human being into the flesh and blood of all of his followers. Acts 2, 1 through 4 explains it in this way. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came the sound of a rush, like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, the key to understanding what is going on here, the significance of what's happening in this story, is first of all, you can't get caught up in the strangeness of the tongues of fire and the people speaking in tongues. Because even though all of that is spectacular, and we're actually going to talk about that in a month or so, That's actually not what's most important here. No, the most amazing part or the most significant part of what is going on here is that the Spirit of God or God himself 
is taking up residence inside normal human beings. That's right. What's being described here is that for the first time in the history of the world, the creator of the universe in some mysterious way has actually decided to come and live within every single person who says yes to following him. And to get how amazing this is, just think about how it is that you know other people in comparison to how well you know yourself. And that when it comes to knowing other people, you can know other people in a face-to-face kind of well, pretty darn well, right? Especially if you live with that person. But even though we can know other human beings in very intimate ways, that kind of knowing or that kind of relationship is not even close to the intimacy that you can have with yourself. Well, what that puts into perspective for us is that God, in his quest to live in relationship with us, to know and be known by us in the deepest possible ways, didn't stop with becoming flesh and blood so that he could be known face to face. No, this God has actually taken things to their furthest extremes by deciding to come and live within us. Because that's the deepest, most intimate way that anyone can be known. Or what you have to realize when it comes to what God did through the Pentecost of it and what God continues to do even today is that God's presence is no longer confined in a temple or even a church for that matter. And neither is God's presence just confined to one particular individual. No, God's presence now lives in you. Or you are the walking, talking, breathing, thinking location where the creator of the universe has decided to take up residence because you are the temple of God. Or if someone were to come up to me and ask me the question, you know, where does God live? I wouldn't point to a church building or a temple or a synagogue or any of those holy places where a lot of people think that God is most fully present. No. I would point at all of you. Because you are now the place where God lives in this world. Or you are the location where the creator of the universe has decided to live. And all because what God is doing here in his quest to live in relationship with us is he's making it as easy as possible for us to know and be known by him. And that instead of waiting around for us to come to him or him to come to us or giving us these hoops that we need to jump through, he has taken a part of himself and has put that inside of every single one of us. And what that means is it doesn't matter where we go or what we are doing, God is always with us. Or God's presence is closer than a thought, a remembrance, an internal conversation, or as close as taking a moment to be still and listen to and for the God who lives within us. Another way to think about this is that throughout all of the New Testament, we read about people being possessed with evil spirits. And that some kind of spiritual entity that intends to do them harm comes into people's lives and begins to take them over, causing them suffering and sickness. Well, in the same way the New Testament describes how some are possessed with these unclean spirits, the description we are given after Jesus' resurrection is that the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit, which is opposite of an unclean or an unholy spirit, has now come in to possess the lives of all of those who have given their life to Christ. 
And with this possession, you don't find an evil spirit who is intent to do you harm coming in to take over your life. No, what you find is the spirit of the living God coming in to possess your life, filling you with everything that you have ever needed to go out and live into the extraordinary life that God has created you for. And then to take this same idea to to kind of the furthest mind-blowing extremes, what it is that God is doing through the pouring out of his spirit is that God is taking that same spirit, that, that power, that force, that presence, that person who put on flesh and blood and came to walk among us in Jesus and has now put that in us or has put that spirit, force, presence, and person in your heart and in your life. Or, or that's the link to which this God is willing to go to get what he wants. And I'll give you a moment to close your eyes, quiet your mind, as you become aware of God who is not just in this room, not just in the world, but that's inside of you because that's where he lives. Take a moment and just think about that for a second. But even with all of that, or even given that God has chosen us to be the very place where he lives, we're still not done yet. Because what you will discover is you read through the entirety of the New Testament to the end of the book of Revelation in an attempt to catch a glimpse of God's ultimate goal or the picture we are given when God brings everything to completion or when God makes everything right is this. Revelation 21, 1 through 4 says this. Then I saw the new heaven and new earth for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And what I want you to notice about this particular vision is that in the end, our goal is not to fly off and be with God somewhere in the heavens, but that the heavens are going to be coming to earth. It says, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned, for her husband. And then the reason why this holy city is coming to earth, which is what you've got to see here, is because of this. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. You've got to get that. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them which puts into perspective that in the end, or even after God has finally brought about the salvation and restoration of all things, what we find God doing is choosing to live, reside, rest, and dwell with and among his people. Because again, what God wants most from Genesis to Revelation is to live in relationship.
soul. What I hope has now become ingrained in your brains and gotten into the deepest parts of who you are as we have walked through the entirety of the Bible, again, from Genesis to to Revelation in a big picture kind of way, focusing in on what it is that God wants most, that you can now clearly see that since the beginning of the world, clear up into our time and place and even beyond that to the ends of the earth, What our God has always wanted most, which seems to be this animating factor behind all he did and does and will do, is a deep and abiding relationship with his people, which includes you. Or like a good parent's love for their children will never fade no matter what their children do, which is also the kind of love that does whatever it takes to get their child back even when they begin to stray. This is what our God is like when it comes to wanting to live in relationship with us. Which is the good news that I hope you not only embrace with everything that you are, but is the good news we all need to be sharing with everyone in the world so they too can know about this God who was madly in love with him and that wants nothing more than to live in relationship with them. Let us pray. Father, as we come to you this morning, bringing a conclusion to this series, it is my hope and prayer that people can now clearly see that what you want most from every single one of us is a relationship. So much so that not only were you willing to chase after us, become one of us, but also to come live inside of us. So help us now, Lord, embrace and experience this truth every single day of our life, living into a deep and abiding relationship with you, where you are at work on the inside of us, transforming and molding and shaping us into the people you created us to be. Lord, we ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.